You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Greedy with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, rolling along. Greedy with you, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio National Championship game tonight. We'll have Reese Davis from down in Houston to get us set for that Michigan and Washington, obviously, on every conceivable platform of ESPN, the TV, the radio, the digital, anything else you want. We just had sort of a funny thought, and I thought we would just pursue it for a moment before we get back to other business. So the, the playoff game Saturday night, Dolphins-Chiefs in zero-degree temperatures in Kansas City. I mean, your, your dream NFL game. There's nothing better than a playoff game at Arrowhead Stadium, one of the true legendary um, you know, places in, in pro football, one of the true legendary venues that remain with – you can see the breath coming out of the players' helmets and all. There's nothing that you love more as a football fan than that. Taylor Swift will be in the stands. So, I mean, it's got a lot of nice things about it in the Dolphins. And the game is on Peacock. Now, I have zero quarrel with this. I happen to have Peacock already because they, they had a very good TV show that I liked that we, we got Peacock for that reason with the – Woman who's a detective, the name of it just jumped out of my head, but whatever it was. So we got Peacock because I like that show. But anyway, so I know how to put that on my TV. I'm, I, I'm actually a little more advanced at this. But we decided, Bubba and Cam, let's compile a list of people who unquestionably will not watch that game Saturday night because they won't be able to figure out how. <laughs> like they, they just, they will want to watch the game, but they won't. We have three names written down. Will Mel Kuyper be able to watch that game Saturday night, Bubba and Kim? Yes. His wife, Kim, is very adept with this kind of stuff. She, is she? She runs all of his uh, – more adept than he is, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. But that's – no, no, no. You're setting a bar very low. Uh, 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 Mel Kuyper is a man who was given for his birthday by his wife a set of DVDs. Uh, to be clear, they were a set of DVDs of the old Johnny Carson Tonight <laughs> Show. Yeah. And he watches them at 1130 at night because that's when it was on. She then gave him a set of DVDs of the legendary TV show Dallas, the original one, Who Shot JR. <laughs> he watches them on Friday night at 10 o'clock because that's when it was on. That does not sound to me like a family that's ready to get Peacock. Well, she's just, you know, catering the fact to, that she to, can his, turn on, to his an, likes and an needs. On switch on. No, I get that. But my point is, if you, can, if you can identify which of these buttons says on and off and turn it on, you're ahead of him. Yeah. So I'm not I know. convinced I, she I knows how to watch Peacock. I mean, literally, the entire, everything about their business and is because of Kim Kuyper. I have faith in Kim Kuyper. She'll, okay, she'll pull it together. At least okay. he has help. So he's got Kim yeah. to watch it for him. Will Rex Ryan be able to watch the game Saturday night? No chance, no unless way. Hembo helps him. He'll be using someone else's credentials to log in. But he doesn't even know what that means. You're right. So what he's going to do throughout the week is figure out who has it that he knows and just go to their app. But you think he'll think of that? Like, will he spend this week thinking, how am I going to watch that game? Or will he, when that game is about to start, when the game ends on NBC, the first game is which one? Is Houston-Cleveland? Yeah. Is on NBC at 4.30. Then that game will end, and he'll say, okay, where's the other one? And someone will say it's on Peacock, and he'll say, so what do I do? 
I've seen that look on his face many times when he's waiting for me to tell him what it is in the meeting he said, and I remind him, remember, this is what you were going to say here. So at, what, at that point, do you think the word credentials will jump into his mind? No, you're right. I think he'll watch the second half of this game at his neighbor's house. <laughs> I think there yeah. is an infinitely better chance that he sees an actual peacock on Saturday <laughs> than there is that he sees that game. So you're going to say... Mel, yes, because of his wife, and Rex, definitively no. Right. Can I uh, raise you another name? Go. Tim Kirkjian. I would defer to you. You know Tim be- way better than I do. I love Tim, and he is, you know, he's old school, but you're telling me Tim does not know from that kind of stuff? Tim does, does not know. Does he still know. go to the gas station every morning to get the newspapers from last night and cut out the box scores? I don't know, but I do know that he is the most famously technological uh, averse ESPN person. I think he he stopped doing the box scores. I think he finally gave that up. I mean, I hope so. He used to do that all the time. So I don't know. (laughs) I think after 30 years. He does nothing digitally. Okay. So he's not watching the game. So, so, I mean, he still has all of the the paper and stuff like that that people do. Yes, 100%. Here's another one. Chris Mad Dog Russo. Oh, God. We dug up Chris Russo's rant from when it was first announced that the NFL package had moved from DirecTV to YouTube TV. In case any of you are wondering whether or not Chris is going to watch this game on Peacock, I remind you how he felt about that. But the idea now, folks, that I am going to switch my lifestyle and my football viewing because the NFL is on YouTube TV, I'm not doing it, okay? I'm not getting rid of my television sets. I'll read books. It's not, I'll watch, there's another football, and forget the college. Uh, I mean, there is so much college football on, I am not buying any uh, service to get more college football games. I get 30 games on the weekend as it is. I don't need any more than that. The NFL is a little different because we have interest in all the NFL teams. I don't have all the interest in all the college teams. But the idea now that because they're on YouTube, I got to get a guy in here, take the service out, get another service, learn how to do it, change the remotes, get a smart team. I'm not doing it. Okay? I'm not doing it. I've lasted this long without a computer, I've, I, so I've never been hacked. I, 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 I am not going to go change my life because some NFL, because the Seahawks and Rams are on YouTube TV. I'm not doing it. Oh, my God. That is so good. He's literally acting like this requires a full lifestyle change <laughs> on his part to watch the games. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but I am so far ahead of that. Now, I know you make fun of me all the time for the things I can't do. I'm constantly calling on you to come in and do something on my phone or on my computer, but I know how to put on Peacock. Oh, you are Stephen Hawking. Compared, or to-, <laughs> <laughs> compared to Chris Russo. <laughs> That's a great reference, which I don't think he'd get, by the way. Uh, no. But I, I really love that, and I love Chris. We, all sh- we need to remind everyone that every time we have these conversations about Chris, it is said with love, he is my favorite person in the media and only made more so because of that rant. Having said that, I think it is pretty remarkable. Okay. I've lasted this long without a computer. That's hysterical. Remarkable. Funny. He's lasted this long without a computer. I'll i, got, read I books. got one more name for you. Yeah, give me another name. Tony Kornheiser. Ooh. So that I don't know. I mean, Tony, so, so Tony does not have any of the digital stuff like that. I don't know. I just can't imagine he does. I don't know. I just I know every time he wants to talk to me, he calls, which is an interesting sign. Like in this yeah. day and age, almost no one calls you. Like Fink, John Fink, the coordinating producer of Get Up, 
I would say, what would you say is the average number of times he calls my cell phone? Our, our morning meeting usually ends about 6.45 a.m. We go on the air at 8. In that hour and 15 minutes, how many times would you say he calls me? The over-under would be like two and a half. And how many times does he call you? However many times you don't answer. So two and a half, probably. He just calls me. We all, he alternates phone calls. When yeah. we're together, also, we're like watching. He's a caller. He's a caller. That's my point. So, Not a so text. I can say that about Tony. Tony is a caller. Wilbon, too. Like, like I worked with, I know Wilbon a lot better than I know Tony. Now, Wilbon has a young son. Wilbon's son is in high school. So he'll clearly be able to get Peacock on for him in the blink of an eye. Tony, I don't know if he's got that kind of infrastructure. Kuiper is a caller, by the way. Built in the house. Yes, well, but what's he otherwise going to do? I mean, you know, there are people for whom email is not is is like a brand new thing. (laughs) (laughs) Who still call it emails. (laughs) I got to look at my emails. The second anyone uses an S at the end of that to make it plural, Mm. you know, we've we've, we've run across a person who (laughs) is not watching the game on Saturday night. They don't speak the language. That's the line of differentiation. The line of delineation between who is and isn't watching the game Saturday night is if that person tells you, I need to check my emails, right? They pluralize email. If they plur- no, but it's, it, because it is plural otherwise. Right. And like, like what other words are plural all by themselves? Like um, there are lots of those out there, like buffalo, right? <laughs> I saw a herd of buffalo. Like there are some words that are just plural all onto themselves. All right, Greeny with you coming live about the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. In case you missed it. One more time. I feel a need to say this. On September 7th of this year, the hashtag crew picked each of us picked our 14 team playoff fields. Now, while we liked to beat up on Greeny, because Greeny has been very bad at the Hembo trivia so far in its existence on this radio program, let the record show that of the 14 teams that made the playoffs, I had nine of them right. Hembo had eight of them right. Bubba had nine of them right. And Cam had eight of them right. So for all the mockery that is frequently made, I did as well or better than anyone else on the preseason projection. Congrats. You got yeah. one more game than us. Nice. I, uh, I regret my Panthers to win the NFC South pick. Boy, that looks bad. <laughs> Notice how we all had the Jets making it, too. Uh, so I want to ask that question. As you look back on it, I'll just read you mine in the, so that we don't have to read everybody's 14 teams. But in the AFC, my division winners were Jets, Steelers, Jaguars, and Chiefs. I got one of those right. My wild cards were Bills, Bengals, and Ravens. Um, none of those actually are wild cards, but two of the three of them did make the playoffs. My NFC division winners, I had Eagles, Packers, Saints, and 49ers. And then my wild cards were Seahawks, Cowboys, and Lions. So as everyone looks back Man. on your the picks that you made before the season began, how would you identify? What was the worst Thus, what is the biggest surprise to you? Obviously, Hembo, nothing could be worse than you picking the Panthers to win the NFC South. Yeah, mine is easy. The other thing in just sort of perusing this list is there were 68 different quarterbacks that started a game this year. Like, so much of this is just just quarterback injury luck. Because I'm convinced that if... That if Joe Burrow had played the whole season, Cincinnati would be in. And obviously, so many other teams would have been a lot more competitive if so. I actually think it sort of requires front office to kind of rethink how they team build because so much is relied on that one thing. The Jets are obviously no exception, too. What does that mean? Meaning teams will have to invest more of their resources in backup quarterbacks? I think teams are going to have to over-prioritize who plays backup quarterback for them, inclusive of upsetting their starting quarterback because they don't like friendly competition. But here's what I'll say. Hmm. Like, just you used Cincinnati. Like, they're a backup 
He's not terrible. Mm-mm. How much better are you going to do it back up than Jake Browning? I, I, I guess, wh- what is the line of demarcation for you? I'm not saying that Jake Browning was no good. I'm just saying the delta between he and Joe Burrow is huge because but, Joe but, Burrow but was great. That's never going to change. If no. you have a great quarterback, you're never going to have a backup who even remotely approximates that. The Jets are you're a better living example. in a world. Well, the Jets did the opposite of that. The Jets' general manager should be fired because they were so ill-prepared mm-hmm. for the possibility of Rodgers getting hurt, which was a possibility that existed in he's the man is 39 years old now no one could have anticipated he would tear his Achilles on the fourth play of the season but certainly the idea that your backups were going to play this year had to feel like a real possibility but because the general manager was intent on justifying what now looks like one of the worst draft picks in history they were completely unprepared and then did nothing to act on it Joe Flacco was leading a a Browns team into a, a situation where people are picking them to go to the Super Bowl he was on the Jets the last few years, and they never picked up the phone to call him. So I don't think saying you got to do better than the Jets is making your point. No team has ever handled that situation worse than the Jets handled it this year. You're making a great point in comparing the Jets to the Browns because both have dominant defenses. Like The advanced metrics have the Jets on a short list of the best units in the NFL. That is a short list that the Browns share with them. Like We were talking about dominant units. The Browns clinched the playoffs, didn't even have to play their starters in Week 18 because of how well they managed the season with all the different quarterbacks that they had. It should be pointed out that when Joe, when the season began, Joe Flacco was not on their roster. He wasn't their backup or their backup's backup. Oh, they yeah. had two other guys. There, there's an incredibly large difference in the proficiency of the coaching staff when you look at what Cleveland did and what the Jets did, honestly, given a very similar set of circumstances. Oh, I mean, it, it is the uh, you could argue the Jets have more skill position talent on offense oh, for than the sure. Browns did, certainly after Nick Chubb went down. No, no, no. The, the Jets coaching staff did not deserve, does not deserve to come back for another year, and their general manager doesn't deserve to come back for another year. But in life, you don't get what you deserve. You deserve what the circumstances are. Mm. And the circumstances are the Jets have to try it once with Aaron. Like, you put everything into this one plan. You didn't get to see it through at all. I mean, we will never know what it would have been. So to just tear it down now, to fire the coach and the general manager would be to start over, would be to say, no, we're not going to do this with Aaron Rodgers. We're just going to try something else. No one starts over with a 41-year-old quarterback. So I, I, I maintain that it is the right decision for them to make, but not because anyone involved in it earned the right to continue. I actually think the Jets defense that we saw this year, like all the summer conversations that we had, it would, they affirmed everything that we thought. I don't know if the offensive line would have held up. It probably would not have. But I think you were absolutely right in saying that with Aaron Rodgers across that defense, it was a legitimate Super Bowl team. Who's going to win the game tonight? We'll get you ready in every conceivable way from Houston, including all of the wagering angles next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. Michigan, Washington for it all. The national championship. It's awesome. Monday's game will be the third time teams 14-0 or better face off. It was never about, you know, winning another Big Ten championship. It was all about winning the national championship. Finally, it's here. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. The conclusion of the college football season with a showdown, as you heard there, of the two unbeatens, Michigan and Washington, who will be conference rivals starting next year, as ridiculous as that sounds to say out loud. But it is your classic matchup of Michigan, which is led by its extraordinary defense and running the football as well as any team in the country against Washington with a star quarterback, Michael Penix, who a week ago against Texas had arguably the best big game you've ever seen a college quarterback have, certainly among the best, and now he goes up against a terrific Michigan defense to do it. So we'll go live to Houston in a few minutes with Reese Davis to get you set for this game. But first, Hembo, a lot of folks who may not necessarily follow the whole season will be looking to put – Maybe a few bucks in a few different places tonight. So what do you have your eye on? Here's what you need to know. Uh, Right now at ESPN Bet, the number is Michigan minus five and a half. That number has been bet up from four, four and a half when the line opened uh, after the semifinals last week. And that line has moved in Michigan's direction, despite the fact that we basically have an even betting split across the board in terms of the public lean. What that usually tells me is that the smart people, the, 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 the sharps, if you will, have good intel and have good reason to believe that Michigan is better than four or four and a half points than Washington. As it stands today, right this second, contrary to where I was about a week ago, I agree with that. I think Michigan is at least five and a half points better than Washington after sort of crunching all the numbers that I have. That's how I see it. The fact that the public line, excuse me, the fact that the line is moving in that direction despite no public lean is usually a nice tell. And so that's where I lean as of right this second. So let me throw this thought at you. I kind of like Washington tonight, and I base that I'm not an analyst on this stuff. I watch a lot of Big Ten football. I can't pretend that I've seen every game Washington has played this year. I've probably seen three or four of them. I saw both Oregon games. Obviously, I saw the game last week. And Penix is terrific. And so here's what I will say. As a Big Ten fan, Michigan's defense is great. They have not seen a quarterback like this. They've only played three games this year where there was any chance they might lose. One of them was Penn State. One of them was Ohio State, and one of them was last week against Alabama. 
They have not faced a quarterback anywhere near this good. Penn State's quarterback situation was a, a, a problem for them all year long. Ohio State's quarterback did not play well in that game and has subsequently transferred out. And it was an up-and-down year for Jalen Milrow of Alabama. All the pressure that got to him, people talk about, oh, look what they did to that Alabama offensive line. Alabama's offensive line was bad and pass-blocking all year long. So I don't think Michigan dominated that game in unusual ways. I think they're going up. They're taking a step up in class tonight. I think Penix is, by a considerable margin, the best quarterback they've played so far, and that leans me in that direction. Okay, so I have no doubt whatsoever that they've not seen a quarterback as good as um, Michael Penix, and I expect them to be able to move the ball somewhat proficiently against Michigan, but even if you feel that way, by no means can you argue that it's a mismatch. The reason I think that Michigan is going to win this game and do so by more than five and a half points is the biggest mismatch is Michigan's run game led by Blake Horam and Donovan Edwards against Washington's front. That is a definite weakness and an enormous mismatch. Here are the numbers. Washington ranked 126th this season in allowing conversions on third down on the ground and 130th in what I like to call positive yardage prevention, the number of or the percentage of rushes that go for zero or negative yards. Their defensive front just does not invert the line. And so I actually expect Michigan to be able to run the ball really successfully and to be able to do so early. If that is indeed the case, you're talking about a 40, 45, 50 sort of pass game for Michael Penix, and that's just leaving you open to the two or three turnovers that you cannot afford against a defense as good as Michigan. So when I look at all the matchups in this game, that's the one that stands out to me. I get it, but he doesn't do it. I mean, the point is he, generally speaking, doesn't turn the ball over. He's been that good. He was a Heisman finalist. He was practically perfect last week and almost the entire season. So here's the thing. It works both ways. He's going to be the best quarterback that they face, but Michigan's also going to be the best defense that he has faced. And Michigan, I've watched them all year. I've picked against them all year unsuccessfully. They're so incredibly well-coached. They're so incredibly well-prepared. And I gave Washington a much better chance to beat Texas with a talent disadvantage because they had the month. And because Kalen DeBoer is an outstanding uh, schemer, X's and O's guy, play designer, all of that stuff. But when you're talking about one week, all of a sudden, I think the talent gap is going to matter a lot more. I think that Washington's a lot better than TCU was last year. TCU beat Michigan with a month to prepare in that game, and then they go play Georgia, and they just can't hang, because with a week, it's players over scheme. That's why I think there's a big difference in this game for Washington. With a month, I see how they move the ball so successfully against Texas. With a week to prepare, I favor Michigan because of the talent. So let let me just read you, the numbers I'm about to read you are the number of points that Washington scored in their games this year. Now, I don't know how to compare what the Pac-12 schedule was this season with the Big, T- uh, the Big Ten schedule that Michigan played or anything else. Mm-hmm. But I just told you, having watched the Big Ten, th- they played three games. Michigan has played three games this year. Mm-hmm. They played a Big Ten championship game against a team in Iowa that would not have scored no matter who they were playing. Like, Iowa still hasn't scored. If that game was still going on, they still would not have scored. So I, I discount that. They played Penn State, they played uh, Ohio State, and they played... Uh, last week they played uh, Alabama. So this is the number of points that Washington has played in their per- uh, scored in every game in their perfect season so far. 56, 43, 41, 59, 31, 36, 42, 52, 35, 22, 24, 34, and 37. I mean, this team doesn't not score. And some of the, those games are against Oregon. It's against Texas. It's against Oregon State, who was ranked 11th. It's against Utah, who was ranked 18th. It was against USC, who was ranked 20th. Two of the games are actually against Oregon. I mean, they played 
a, a real representative schedule, and no one stopped them from scoring. So the beauty of our metrics and, and predictive uh, statistics is that you can deduce everything. You can, you, you can interpret results based upon the context, based upon the team that you played. That's why I like using our efficiency metrics, scaled 0 to 100, and it accounts for how good your opponents were. Michigan this year ranked fourth in offense by that measure. Washington fifth on defense. Michigan ranked first, and Washington ranked 30th. And so when you blend all the attributes of everything that these teams do, what our FPI spits out is that Michigan is nine points better than Washington in this game. So we like, so we, if we were doing the line ourselves, based upon the underlying statistics, we would have Michigan minus nine. Vegas started out at Michigan minus four and a half, now bet up to five and a half, which is why I like Michigan in this game. I think there's a lot of value and getting Michigan, a team that is, I think, clearly and obviously more talented than Washington, a team with a comparable offense and a considerably better defense. And I want to stress this point once more, Greeny. I think having one week between the games rather than one month really, really provides advantage for the favorite, the team that has better players, the team that has better recruits, the team that has better transfers. And there is no question that Michigan has that. Michigan most definitely has better players than Washington does. With one week to prepare, I think it's going to be too much for Washington to overcome. All right, so agree with you here on ESPN Radio. Are we not going to be able to, still not working with Reese there, Bob? Should I Yeah, I can't get a hold of him. So Okay, so we'll hopefully we'll have Reese Davis at some point from down there, but we're getting you ready for the game and all of that. In the meantime, something just came across. We'll describe this as breaking news. Even though it's something that I think all of us knew was coming, or at least I had heard was coming, but it's still going to be shocking to see. Tiger Woods has parted ways with Nike. Tiger signed with Nike after turning pro at age 20. He was with the brand for 27 years. I think there may be only one more immediately identifiable, excuse me, immediately identifiable and iconic endorsement deal in sports history than Tiger wearing that Nike swoosh and that red shirt on Sundays at every event, but certainly in the majors. Tiger in the red Nike shirt is as identifiable with the brand that he is endorsing as any athlete in my lifetime with one exception, and that exception is Michael. Michael Jordan, who just made Nike. I mean, Michael Jordan equals Nike. Michael Jordan, look, it's the Air Jordan for crying out loud, and everything is the Jays. I wear them. I wear Jays on the golf course. I wear Michael Jordan's golf shoes, and he was a basketball player. So, so Jordan has got to be number one. But am I missing anything? Has there ever been any athlete that you can think of who has been more immediately identified with the brand he or she endorses than Tiger Woods? Man, uh, it's... Guys, jump in if you can think of one. Cam, Julius Bubba. Irving. Didn't Julius Irving wear those, those Converse? Was that not as... I mean, everyone well wore known. Converse in those days. Like the Celtics would wear the, the old Chuck Taylors, like... No, I don't, I don't have a recollection of that being hmm. so okay. incredibly out there. Magic Johnson had sneakers, and like it just wasn't a thing as much as it has become a thing. The, the quote-unquote shoe game was not then what it is now. There were brands, and it was meaningful, right. and I'm sure there was a lot of money involved in it, but it, at least in my, to my knowledge, it wasn't something people talked about and cared about the way that they do now. And it doesn't even just have to be shoes, like anything. Like athletes, when I was a kid, I remember my, my tennis racket actually said Jimmy Connors' name on it, the T2000. Like, Jimmy Connors sponsored a racket, and Chris Everett sponsored a racket. Those were those things, and you knew who, which tennis players played with, with, which, with which rackets. 
and that kind of thing. Golf is a sport where you immediately go to the equipment that they use because you can use the same equipment and it matters uh, what clubs you play with, what ball you play with. Um, but Tiger in a red Nike shirt, I don't, I don't know that I can think of anything that has been more identifiable. You got one, Brandon? You're, you're looking at me? Oh, you're looking at it right behind me. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. That there is a picture uh, of Tiger on the wall behind me in a red Nike shirt because that is immediately how you will for the rest of your life identify Tiger. And wherever he goes, it'll be worth a fortune because whether he ever wins again or not, people will flock to wear the stuff that Tiger wears on the course. He also just looks so good in it. I mean, Tiger came along at a time when a lot of golfers were not in shape. And so the way Tiger looked in that Nike shirt was very different than, you know, the ways that, I don't know, like, you know, other players, I don't want to start calling guys out. <laughs> I mean, the, the most famous players of the day were had nicknames like the Walrus and things like that. They didn't look like Tiger. They weren't young, fit, in-shape-looking dudes. And so he changed the way you look in a golf shirt. Um, so that just it just feels like a big deal to me. I, you know, you know how much I love the sport and – how how fascinated I am with all things Tiger. Tiger Woods leaving Nike. You know, I think my, maybe not just my, practically everyone's favorite moment of Tiger's is on the 16th in 2005 at Augusta. And I, I don't remember where I saw it, but there was some research study that tried to quantify the enormous value of that sort of millisecond. Because of the ball. The ball he hanging. Play, he used to play a Nike ball yes, then, too. The ball he hanging. It hasn't for a while, but go ahead. Over the lip of the hole. Yeah. As we heard Vern explode into the microphone. That was, like, that's my favorite Tiger moment. And to, to have the swoosh right there as it falls into the cup, I, th- I think is as memorable as practically anything that has ever happened in the world of golf. It will be bizarre to see him wearing anything else for as long as he plays golf. Uh, so this is what Tiger posted. Over 27 years ago, I was fortunate to start a partnership with one of the most iconic brands in the world. The days since have been filled with so many amazing moments and memories. If I started naming them, I could go on forever. Phil Knight's passion and vision brought this Nike and Nike golf partnership together. And I want to personally thank him, along with the Nike employees and incredible athletes I've had the pleasure of working with along the way. People will ask if there is another chapter. Yes, there will certainly be another chapter. See you in L.A., Tiger. So it just felt like. As you were talking, I was just glanced down at my social media. I saw that pop up. Feels like a big deal. And I knew it was coming. I, did you not know this was coming? I did not know this okay, was coming. I had heard T- it tell me why. Sneaker, why, why, why I knew. No, why it's happening. Oh, well, it's happening because Nike is, is so, they do so little in golf. I mean, so incredibly little. If, if you watch that, you don't see other guys in, in Nike, practically anyone anymore. Right. I don't even think they make balls anymore. They don't make clubs anymore. I, I, don't, I don't think they, there are Nike balls anymore. I think that they've just, they're just kind of going out of golf. Because I'm, kind of, I'm de- most definitely a layperson in this conversation, but the first thought I have was, does this have anything to do with the PGA and Live? And you're telling me... No, 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 uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Now, Live, those guys, as you know, they wear like the hats and the shirts of their teams which you might think to yourself, oh, what a refreshing change for someone not to be wearing, um, you know, something that they sponsor. Candidly, I hate it. <laughs> like, I, I, sit, I sit there watching them wearing these things that I don't even recognize, and I think to myself, you know, I really miss the days when the guys would wear netchets on their shirts just to rub in your face that they're flying private everywhere they go. But even that somehow seems less distasteful than wearing these ridiculous things. No, I don't think that has anything to do with, um, with this. But I'm not the right person to ask. I'm not a... I'm not generally a, um, 
you know, the, the, the attire, whatever the, the word I'm looking for is. I don't know as much about the shoes and that game as a lot of other people do. But no, I, I don't think it has anything to do with that. Tiger going in a different direction. But again, that was as iconic uh, a connection as we've ever seen anybody make. Well, let me go back to what we were saying a minute ago about the national championship game, because there are a few other numbers in here that I will finish it up with. People think of Michigan in one way, and Michigan actually is an entirely other way, which is to say that if Michigan wins the championship tonight, it will be the first time they win an outright national championship in 74 years. People talked about Jim Harbaugh when he first got there and wasn't playing for the title every year as though he was somehow letting down the history, the go blue, the maize and blue, the hail to the victors. Bo Schembechler never won the national championship, not once. I, rep- I point this out again. People talk about Bo like he was Bear Bryant. He was charming. He was, I'm not charming is not the right word. He was iconic. He was legendary. He was bigger than life and he was a great coach, but he never win the title. He wasn't even Woody Hayes. So Harbaugh has done more there than, than Schembechler did. They haven't won the outright national championship in 74 years. They should score some points tonight, by the way, Washington ranks 54th in scoring defense and 97th in total defense. The last national champion to rake outside the top 50 in both was Auburn in 2010. That was the Cam Newton team. Michigan, meanwhile, leads the FBS in total defense and scoring defense. In the championship era, meaning BCS and now, only four teams led the country in total and scoring defense and won the national championship, and all of them were coached by Nick Saban. And by the way, in this, the final year of the Pac-12, Washington will be seeking to become the first Pac-12 champion since USC in 2004, a championship that has been vacated. Outside of that, the conference has not had an outright champion in 50 years. It is, you know, the Pac-12, say what you will about it. I'm old enough to remember it when it was the Pac-8. It has been a legendary part of college football for far longer than I've been alive. And USC and UCLA and Washington and all those schools have been out there playing, you know, on the West Coast for as long as the game has been played or just about. So it would be interesting to see it going out tonight as the Pac-12 plays its last reasonable. I mean, I know the other two schools, the two that got left behind, Washington State and Oregon State, are going to continue to play as Pac-12 teams. The Pac-2. I don't, I don't even know what that means, <laughs> but, but whatever. This, Washington, who will be in the Big Ten next year, mm-hmm. will go out trying to bring a title to the Pac-12. Is the, is the Big Ten like on the precipice of becoming the greatest conference in the country? I mean, they're adding Washington, USC, Oregon. They've got themselves the... You know, the national champion here this year and the national runner-up. Well, you tell me. The SEC is adding Texas and Oklahoma. The, the, yeah, the SEC is adding Texas and Oklahoma. I, Oklahoma I'm, I'm guessing most SEC people would consider this question to be blasphemous, but I'm not so sure. No, we're heading into a direction, basically, where that becomes the AFC and the NFC, and everyone else has to figure That's it out. That's what we are. Honestly, Washington making it this far 
they're not, you know, they're not like the ultimate like sexy type program in the country. I think it's a great sign that college football is in such a healthy place. Like the transfer portal is going to do to college football what free agency has done for sports and ultimately provide so much more parity, so much more bites at the apple. The days of there being four or five teams in the college football playoff, the same ones that could win the national championship are over. And I'm so happy about Me that. Me too. And that is the reason why you're hearing most of the coaches of those programs belly aching about it like crazy because they used to have a ridiculous unfair built-in advantage and now they got to go out there and coach just like everybody else we're back in a moment on espn radio we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there but if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio as we start pulling it into the station on this Monday. National championship game tonight, obviously. We're looking forward to it. Every conceivable way you could watch it or listen to it, you will get here on ESPN. Meanwhile, this weekend, Bubba, jump into a microphone there if indeed you're listening. Um, and let me I ask, happen to be, yeah. So Bubba saved himself from some serious, serious humiliation today so i got a new email address over the weekend i it's not important what it is or what the reasons were but i have a personal email and i wanted the old one discarded and the new one i sent an email to literally every person i know saying from now on please discard this old email address and please only use this new email address and most people didn't respond at all because it doesn't require a response those who did responded to the new email saying got it greeny thanks or just something like that The only person who has sent since that time, the only person who has sent an email of any kind to my old address is Bubba. And so I was about to excoriate Bubba, but you gave me a reasonable explanation, Bubba. What was the reason? Well, yeah, you said that. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. I did not get an email from you because I do remember when you changed your cell phone, I did get a message from you. So I was wondering what this guy, did he send it to me? What are you talking about? So I went through my entire email. I'm looking here. I went back. No, nothing. Scrolled on down to the old junk email folder. And there it is. Two emails in the junk email folder. One about gambling. One from Mike Greenberg. So How about that? In my spam junk email folder, found it. Can Greeny, I? Can I just email. Cam? Can I ask you a question? What's up? Have you seen that? 
Like, he's saying it's in his junk mail? Yes, it is in his junk mail. You physically went and saw that. You can I, confirm. I can see it right now. He, Let me ask a question. You can move emails Yes, that's my question want. is, did you, after I called you out for this, move that from your inbox or worse, from your trash <laughs> Yeah, he was frantically and put it in the junk file. Scrolling over there, my, I, I have I have did not some concern. The junk email. No, you you correctly responded. Pieces of business of Bubba today. Yeah. One to the winner goes the spoils. I am sending you to the Cowboys and Packers this weekend, so we have to make all of the the arrangements for that. But it says here on my screen, Bubba has something to share about a huge mistake his father made this week. Right. Well, because you're sending me and my dad. So two tickets. Don't forget, two tickets. I got you. Um, and, it, and it's a huge mistake we almost made because, you know, remember famously back in the day with when your dad was on the phone making t- getting tickets to get airline tickets and hotel during the Jets playoff game. To Denver. Yeah, to do all that. And then what happened? The Jets lost. In double overtime. So... You know, we we had this last week where I brought up on the air. I said, "Look, if the Cowboys win, you're going to send me into the game." But nothing was locked in yet. A lot right. of things could happen. What what did happen though was before the games were played this week, my dad went ahead and booked hotels and flights. Oof. So we were locked in going into this weekend. It's a dicey which move. I would not have done. I did not uh, condone that, authorize that, any of that stuff. However. We, we lucked out, which leads me to my next point. I think, so. you know, you brought up earlier in the show that the Cowboys are set up to fail right now, which I think, you know, I can understand where you're coming from. But something we have not talked about on the show at all yet happened last weekend, and that is the demons have been exercised. Jimmy Johnson is now in the Cowboys' ring of honor. Uh-huh. And that is something that we have not talked about. And the cow, the fortunes have changed here now. That was a, a great moment, and in, in all honesty, it was awesome. I was actually a little emotional watching. It was, it was, it was really cool to see. But things have changed now. So th- this is a completely different Cowboys team. All those past failures and the Cowboys and everything Stephen A. said that was pre Jimmy Johnson. So had Jimmy Johnson not gone to the Ring of Honor and my and it was this weekend, my dad would have ordered those tickets. We would have lost. But it's a new team now. So, dad ordered the tickets. Didn't matter. Different team. We won this weekend. We're going to win this week. We're going to win the next week. We're going to win the NFC Championship game, and we're going to the Super Bowl because of Jimmy Johnson. You know what? I buy it. I believe in that stuff. I do think you exorcise demons. It's like you could go back in time and untrade Babe Ruth. If you were the Boston Red Sox, right? You all of a sudden, oh, this play is not going to be the you untrade you 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 take back. If all of a sudden, you know, you could you could remove the curse of the Billy Goat, you could let that Billy Goat in Bubba. to Wrigley Field you, in the forties. You forgot yeah. to read the fine print. These rules do not apply if Ron Rivera is coaching the other team. <laughs> no, no, no. He's right. He, he happens to be a hundred. Hey, I mean, right. there's Ron Rivera, but and, you know, but there's it's all different. There's the the refs last week. It's all in company. You know, it's just Ron, by the way, how. How does Ron Rivera kick a field goal <laughs> yeah. on fourth and two from the seventeen in a time? I mean, what are we doing? Why here? even bother? Why even bother coaching? Still That's that a point. person whose nickname once was Riverboat Ron. He became Life Jacket Ron <laughs> uh, in his final year. Okay, Hembo, take us out. I know you want. You got yourself all worked up I, over there about the Eagles. Finish it up, Cam. Uh, um, I am one game away from desperately wanting a new coach to coach the Philadelphia Eagles. Just one year removed. From going to the Super Bowl, Greeny. And do you know who I want that coach to be? I mean, is, is it someone that I, I have I, I, some chance I know of who guessing? It is. Bill Belichick. Is it Bill Belichick? It's Bill Belichick. Okay, yeah. I want Bill Belichick to be the head coach of the Eagles next season. Oh I my think God. 
I think it is on the list of options. If the Eagles lose to Tampa next week, Jeffrey Lurie, excuse me, Jeffrey Lurie famously has a, has a short leash, or at least in recent head coaching hires, did not give Doug Peterson the extra year and did not give Chip Kelly the extra year. It's not just that Nick Sirianni could be fired. It's that when in the applicant pool do you have the opportunity to hire the greatest coach of all time? Jeff Lurie is a Boston native. Jeff Lurie grew up loving the New England Patriots. I think if the Eagles lose, and this week in back channels, if Bill Belichick's agent reaches out to the Lurie's and perhaps Howie Roseman and says, you know, that's a really attractive job that you have down here, I wouldn't be at all surprised if one week from today, or I should say one week from tomorrow because they play on Monday night, we are having that conversation. What do you think, Cam? Yeah, if you're telling me the Eagles lose to the Bucks 27-6, to the Patriots let go of Belichick, who am I to argue? I mean, What if they lose 27-26 or 7-6? What difference does it make? I you're think it does, it does matter. I think it does matter because these last two weeks have been so embarrassing. If you lay another egg, you know, losing to the Bucks is embarrassing no matter what, given where your season started and was going. But I really think it does matter. If you fall completely flat on your face like they have the last few weeks and emphasize it with a playoff loss that way, I do think it does matter. And I think it's more likely that Nick Sirianni would be on his way out. Like Schefter said this morning, they're not planning on it right now, but they could based on how bad this loss looks. And if Belichick's there for the taking... I mean, how can you argue with that? So that's why I'm telling you I think you're looking at it backwards. To me, it's not about how the game goes Monday. It's about the the availability of Belichick. Bill Belichick being available should make every team in the NFL give at least some thought to it. The, the, The teams that are close, the teams that are a coach away... Even if your coach doesn't deserve, because in life you don't get what you deserve. Life just sort of works on around you. You you get what the circumstances dictate. If Bill Belichick is available, then the next thing you know, there are teams out there that should consider making changes, even if they otherwise wouldn't. If if, if the Cowboys don't make a deep run this year and Belichick sends signals to Jerry Jones, I'm interested in coming there, particularly since you know you're getting him for three or four years tops. The man is 71 or 72 years old. So that would that's one that makes a lot of sense you, to me. Hembo said earlier the Eagles have one of the best GMs right now of all right. time, Howie Roseman. You think Belichick's going to go there and work with Howie Roseman? I think Belichick's going to want to go there and win a championship with the players that they have. I think Howie has the gravity. He's one of the few GMs that actually has the gravity. Belichick is gravitas. Going to be entering. It's not the gravity. He has gravity. the gravitas. It's another way of saying that, is it not? I don't. I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Gravity. No, I mean he's gravity. He's tethered to the earth. There so, is I mean, gravity in regard, involved. Happy it's new. Technically true. Like all <laughs> concurrently, we'll see what happens. Uh, another syntax discrepancy on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greenie the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at ten Eastern on ESPN Radio, or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcasts.